0: back. Hello Los Angeles Kings fans and welcome to episode 46 of the Kings Den as always presented by the Hockey Co- Hockey Podcast Network and as always I am your host Jordy Cunningham thank you so much for joining us for episode 46 your LA Kings they are hot only one game to talk about in this episode but we will get to it we have so much to discuss because so much happened in this game the LA Kings are hot but before we get into all that Don't forget to follow us on social media. Of course, as always, don't forget to follow us at the Kingsden Kingsden THPN on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to follow me, your host, Jordy Cunningham, on Twitter, at CunninghamJordy. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, or sorry, on YouTube. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content, bonus podcasts, bonus everything there. So definitely check us out at the Hockey Podcast Network on Patreon for just $1. Dollar, you can find all of our bonus content and before we get into anything else let me tell you about our friends at cool hockey since 1999 coolhockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America quality is just important to them as it is to you and that's why they ensure that every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. cool hockey socks officially licensed NHL products from Adidas fanatics Reebok and CCM and hand stitch them in their 1500 square foot state-of-the-art protection facility in Toro- Toronto Ontario Canada to ensure the most authentic customization possible since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors they're able to offer the best quality pricing and delivery time on all of their products cool hockey staff live and breathe hockey and it shows in their work find out why coolhockey.com is the number one source for nhl jerseys online cool hockey is committed to providing every customer with a high quality product that is hand stitched by by professionals since cool hockey does not outsource any jersey for customization that means their jerseys can be customized and shipped to their to you faster than their competitors and cool hockey jerseys and customization is officially licensed by both the nhl and the nhlpa they take pride in making you just look like the players on the ice don't forget to check out our friends at www.coolhockey.com and of course don't forget to check out our contest with cool hockey if you don't remember about it i will give you more info about it at the uh, towards later in the episode because we have to get into the only game that la kings played this week we recorded on sunday we recorded episode 45 on Sunday during the day. They played Sunday night. A 4-1 win for your Los Angeles Kings. They're 6-2-1 over their last nine. A 4-1 win. I just said a 4-1 win over the Los Angeles Kings. I mean a 4-1 win for your Los Angeles Kings over the Vegas Golden Knights. One of the hottest teams in the league. They take the season series from the Vegas Golden Knights 3-1. They end Vegas' eight-game winning streak. And this was a wild one. This was a wild one cuz they were outshot 43 to 17. They were outshot 19 to 1 in just the third period. Vegas had 88 shot attempts in the game. They hit the post at least 3 times and it was it was hockey's a game of inches. When you hit the post that many times, it's just 17 shots but yeah, your LA Kings come out with a 4-1 win against the Vegas Golden Knights, again ending their 8 game winning streak and they take the season series 3- to one. Cal Peterson absolutely stood on his head again this game. He's proving uh, time and time again that he is the future of the LA Kings in net. He is Jonathan Quick's successor. We still have jo- Jonathan Quick still has a couple more years on his contract. He has been playing great as well, but Cal Peterson is proving that he's an NHL goaltender and he wants to be the, uh, the successor for Jonathan Quick. He was great in this game. Stood on his head, like I said, 42 saves. He was... And the... The one goal, he had no chance on. Brutal giveaway by Ben Hudden. We'll get into it. But he was great in this game. Made some unbelievable saves. His defense helped him out a ton. Cal Peterson was outstanding in this game. Let's get to the very start. This was... Sometimes there's been games where one line's taken over for the Kings. Or it's been a stretch where a line's taken over. It was the first line, again, tonight. The Kopitar-Brown-Eye follow line. Onta Kopitar two minutes in, nice piece from Alex. I follow from behind the net while I was being taken down. And Kop Col- just no one checked Kopitar. He had acres to uh, he had acres of time and space to take a shot. He made no mistake roofing it over marc Andre Fleury to make it one to nothing. Just over two minutes in, all the Vegas players were just caught looking at each other. If you watch the replay, they were, they were like, "Are you going to take him? Am I going to take him? Who's going to take him?" Sort of thing. I I haven't seen. I, I haven't seen a player have this much space in tight in a long time. Kopitar had acres of space. He made it one nothing early. Later in the period, I'll like, say Kopitar two makes it two to nothing. A power play goal. His team leading his twentieth of the year and team leading eighth power play goal of the year. He leads both those categories. It was a shot from Drew Doughty. A rebound. Kopitar silky smooth hands takes it takes it to the backhand and puts it backhand roof on marc Andre Fleury to make it two to nothing. Once again, a power play goal. And then. After that Vegas took over. They put all the pressure on LA. They but again Cal Peterson stood on his head. He played a great game. And then but uh, then your Kings they just don't they didn't give up in this game. They don't give up against Vegas. Halfway through the second, kind of a something or nothing play. Trevor Lewis brings it up, makes a spin move around the defenseman Holden and puts it off the far post and in past Mark andre Fleury to make it three to nothing. Fleury was kind of screened by Holden as Lewis made the spin move. Lewis has two goals in his last three games. Now Trevor Moore and Ben Hutton with the assist that made it three to nothing about halfway through the second on a beautiful goal by the fourth liner, Trevor Lewis, An unbelievable spin move. I wish I could show you the replay because it was a beauty goal by Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence or Lewis. Sorry. Later in the period, Shea Theodore, a power play goal, makes it three to one. This brutal Cal Peterson had no chance, brutal turnover by Ben Hudden. Shot on net uh, by Petrietti, goes off the post. Hudden tries to clear it, puts it right on the tape of Shea Theodore. Peterson was down, he was nowhere near the net, the net was wide open, dead center of the net. That made it three to one in a power play goal for Vegas. But that's all Vegas would get, because again, Cal Peterson was unbelievable in this game. He's proving he can be an NHL goaltender full time and also peer goals late in periods goals in the opening minute of a period or the last minute of a period are absolute daggers in my mind especially the last minute of the period late in the second period alec martinez the former la king playing in his first game against la kings playing for the vegas golden knights obviously he takes a bad penalty he he runs into peterson takes a goalie interference penalty Ten seconds into that power play with fifty seconds, fifty-six seconds left in the second period. Alex Iafalo makes it four to one power play goal again from ten, from Kempe and Dowdy. It was some nice passing right off the draw. Dowdy to Kopitar, back to Dowdy, back to Kempe, who put it on net, rebound right on the stick of Alex Iafalo who made it four-to-one at that time. Again, 10 seconds just 10 seconds into the power play. LA's second power play goal of the game and it was with 56 seconds left in the second period, that's huge. To get a goal late in a period, that's an absolute dagger against teams. Even if it's against one of the best teams in the league, like Vegas, that's an absolute dagger. And that's the Vegas sure put the pressure on in the third period. 19-1 to 1 were the shots in the third period. They did everything they could to get into this game, try to win this game, keep their winning streak alive. But again, Cal Peterson was unreal title coach Thomas Allen said how awesome the goaltending was. He said how there was, there were some players he didn't like, but a lot of players he really liked in this game. Again, multi-point nights from Anse Kopitar, Drew Doughty, Ajax Alifal, and Ben Hudden, because Ben Hudden got the second assist on the first goal of the game, Kopitar's. And, as your LA Kings beat the Vegas Golden Knights by the score of four to one. It was the second game of a back to back, and this is the first time all season long. They've won both games of a back to back as they beat New as we talked about on last episode, they beat New Jersey two to one on Saturday night. Of course, that overtime winner by uh Adrian Campe. And this was also you also win when you you're also gonna win games when you win the special teams battles and your LA Kings two for two on the power play and killed off three out three out of four penalties that is huge you're gonna win a lot of games when you have a penalty kill like that it was awesome to see that happen and it was despite being outshot 43 to 17 it was a good effort from the LA Kings it was a strange game because that usually does not happen an effort like that I just want to read these this this quote this quote sorry from head coach Tom because he the question was on whether he liked L- the LA Kings' control the game, despite Vegas's shot surplus. And uh, head coach Thomas Lowell said, yeah, I don't know if I agree with you when it comes to control. I thought they controlled the second and third periods. This is pretty reminiscent to the game we played earlier in the year here, where we got off to the lead and they poured it on and we had trouble keeping up with them. We scratched, we clawed, we got tremendous goaltending, outstanding goaltending, some... Really good nights from some key players. Players you think you'd get good nights from. I'm thinking Kopi and his line. And then there are some players in our group that are getting exposed a little bit. Which is fine. We're finding out about them. But they've got to pick it up a little bit. Can't rely on one or two lines. So mixed emotions. Really happy about the win, the streak, to win in this building. Happy for the goaltender. Disappointed in some individuals, So, And that's true. Some individuals did struggle in this game. But you have to be happy with the win and the streak that your LA Kings are on right now. Again, 6-2-1 over their last nine. 6-4-1 since the uh, Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell trade. But take those two losses out. 6-2-1 over the last nine games. That's been some sort of stretch for the LA Kings of late. And head coach Tom McCallum said how good the defense and and goaltending was in this game. He said, well, we played a pretty good team. We got outstanding goaltending. Penalty kill has been really good. So that allowed us to prevent goals. We've been in our end a little bit, but that's gonna happen to our team. I thought we checked better against Jersey and thought we played prior and thought we and teams we played prior tonight. But again, this is a pretty darn pretty damn good team here in Vegas. They do not they they do that to a lot of elite teams and we let there the storm. We're going to leave we're going to leave with a win, we'll relish it and we'll get back to work to try to improve for the Leafs later this week. And some of the Kings players also got asked what it was like playing Alec Martinez for the first time. Because, of course, it was their first time playing against Alec Martinez, of course, the former LA Kings defenseman who got traded just before the deadline to Vegas. Kopitar said, I mean, yeah, it's a little weird to see him in warmups, but once the puck drops, you get going and you, and you just play the game. Doughty, Doughty said... No, honestly. I don't even say I didn't even say a word to him today. I don't know. I might go see him after this if he's around. It's whatever. We're used to it. It's hockey. We played against some of the best we've played against some of our best friends before. Obviously I've played with Marty for a long time, so I'm used to that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's such a typical Drew Doughty answer, but it's so true at the same time. You play with guys for so long, but guys get shipped and moved out at the same time. Trades happen. They are some of your best friends. Some got, you're pumped to see him, but at the same time it's a business, and you're, you want to win that game. You want, to, you want to beat your former teammate. You want to do everything you can to beat, in this case, Alec Martinez. And it's going to be the same on Thursday night when you're LA like Kings take on the Maple Leafs and they play Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell for the first time. Some notes about that game. So your LA Kings have beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-1 on Sunday night. They've had a good week of practice since then. They're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday. It is the return of Kyle Clifford and Jack Campbell. Clifford will play. It's already been announced Jack Campbell will not. Freddie Anderson will get the start for the Leafs in this game, which is too bad. It'd be nice to see Jack Campbell play in this game, but it is going to be Freddie Anderson. Also, former LA King. Jake Muzzin is on the trip with the Leafs, but he will not be playing because of a of a hand injury, I believe a knuckle injury. So Jake Muzzin will not be playing either. So Kyle Clifford will be the only former LA King playing against the LA Kings in this game. I believe the Kings have a tribute video ready for him. It'll be interesting to see. I think they I think it's well deserved. Clifford was there for a long time. He put a lot of work and effort into the LA Kings, won a Stanley Cup. So good that's gonna be Awesome to see on Thursday night. Again, Campbell won't be starting. It's been announced already. And Jake Muzzin's on the trip. But he will not be playing either because of injury. So, again, your LA Kings beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-1. They play Toronto on Thursday. And then they play the Minnesota Wild on Saturday, who have been just as hot as the LA Kings of late. They have been very hot 6-2 and over their last eight they've been playing great hockey they're trying to sneak into a playoff spot in the west which is very interesting and we are going to have my guy e on from the soda pod of course one of the catalysts at creating the hockey podcast network he's going to join us to discuss this game between the kings and the wild he's going to discuss he's going to join us right now but before we get into that let me tell you about our friends at puffy mattresses Rated America's most comfortable mattress, Puffy provides the ultimate sleep to thousands of customers nationwide. The Puffy mattress is an all-foam mattress with a medium firmness level and outstanding pressure relief. Low-density memory foam makes for an exceptionally soft sleeping surface. Lightweight sleepers and side sleepers will appreciate the bed's cradling support, which balances comfort with proper spinal alignment. Check out our friends at www.puffy.ca and enjoy our conversation right here with E from the Soda Pod. Check it out. And now we welcome back Isha from the Soda Pod back to the King's Den. Hey man, how's it going? Good man. Always a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm pumped for you to be back on the here at the King's Den on the King's Den. I guess at the King's Den at Uh, the King's Den. Well, I'm not in your studio, so I don't know if I'm at the King's Den. (laughs) True, true, true. So the Minnesota Wild—they're hot. Six and two over their last eight. What what's been the success over the last eight games?
1: Well, they've been playing by committee. Um, defensively, they've looked good. Stalox p- played very good in net, and but but ultimately, Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala is scoring goals on a stupid pace, and he's really come alive this latter half of the season. And I don't want to say he's putting this team on his back because all four lines... Are, are playing very good hockey. Even the fourth line, I mean, Nico Koivu scored two goals the other night and that line, respectfully, has been awesome. But Kevin Fiala, he's kind of the standout as uh, the guy's been
0: really helping this team um, by just oozing confidence and obviously scoring goals. I was, I was going to mention him right away because I saw that goal the other night, all-hands team, Kevin Fiala. That was oh, something slick. All his there. goals. Man, yeah. his
1: last 12 goals have been slick as fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's been on another level for the wild lately. That's for sure. And it's what I've been so impressed with the wild over this six and two streak is they're not just winning. They're winning big seven to one, five to nothing. What, what is, why all of a sudden the change and them? what the goals are just coming out of nowhere now.
1: Yeah. Like that was one thing they struggled um, with in the beginning of the season was like, who, who's going to score the goals. And as a result, it was, well, Eric Stahl was scoring the goals because he was playing those big minutes. Now Eric Stahl, he he's getting older. He can't keep that pace all season, but one player who can at, in their mid thirties is Zach Parise. And he didn't look good coming out of the gates, but let's be honest. I was, I was on your show coming out of the gates. I was ready to throw the towel in right there. I was like, this team is slow. This team is, they don't score goals. They don't score goals. Well, they've kind of, um, they've they've kind of addressed all that throughout the season. Mind you, their goaltending is nothing special, but Devin Dubnik has had a lot of, family issues outside uh, of the locker room. His wife has some health issues. So his mind has been elsewhere and, you know, respectively, but Alex Dahlok's done a pretty good job uh, of coming in, not even in relief now of just taking the reins. So I think the wild trust their goaltender. They found scoring with Fiala. who has got 20 goals. Um, He's like I said, 24 Uh, Jared Spurgeon as, as of late has started to put the puck in the net and Luke Cunningham as well has been having a great season, only 28 points in 60 games, but you know, a third second liner on this team. He has 14 goals as well. And Ryan Donato, who he's an interesting case because he's been either getting fourth line minutes, not necessarily fourth line roles, but fourth line minutes all season or being scratched. And coming in he's just scored goals like I don't think his defensive game is is that great in his own zone I don't think he necessarily has a lot of speed uh by only still being young at, at 23 years old but the guy's a natural goal scorer with his shot and just being a beast around the net much like Zach Prise. and he's got 14 goals as well and I believe most of them have been scored in the latter half of the season so the goal scoring is really turned on as of late and they're just really sound in the neutral zone they make they don't make these crazy stretch passes they carry the puck through the neutral zone and i don't want to say it's a trap game but it's not the most exciting brand of hockey they play hard defensively they win their battles one-on-one and that's ultimately what's brought them success
0: yeah that's that's very interesting and you you've mentioned so many names you can really see that it's been a team by committee yeah yeah by committee and like you mentioned ryan donato and that just makes me think like about the bruins for just one second like they keep trading these younger forwards that like aren't that bad like the noddle not that bad and they just who did they just trade to the ducks like um, they just kind of like was it hayan
1: uh, how who was it uh, well, like, it's not hyman because that's toronto but yeah well,
0: uh, what's yeah it, something like that like he's a vancouver boy he's a vancouver boy too yeah actually. like he's a good young player yeah. and now they gave him up for like what seemed like not much and i was kind of yeah, like, he's a He's a playoff performer too. Yeah. They're
1: just about to go on a playoff run. You'd think
0: that, you know, this guy can score big goals. Yeah. Consistently throughout the season. Yeah. That was, I was just changing the topic for one second, but that was. Confusing to me that you brought up Donato. It just reminded me.
1: Well, um, they I believe he was in the trade for Charlie Coyle, if I'm not mistaken. He was in the hall coming back. Yeah, so, that's right. It, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't as consistent in Boston as, well, he was coming onto the wild last season. He, he joined the team and just absolutely went on a tear and then was yeah. super slow at the beginning of this season because of just having irregular line mates and Bruce Boudreaux just quite frankly didn't trust him but he's getting getting a little bit more rope now with uh with uh Koivu actually as a center on the fourth line with Ryan Hartman on the other wing and great comp they all complement each other because Koivu you know he's he's nearing the end but he's still so competitive and so smart Donato's got the skill to score goals and uh, not to say that Koivu doesn't have the skill anymore but you know what I mean and Hartman had though he was a former first round pick, uh, respectable 19 points on the season, but he's there to create space and be a shit disturber. So they've, they've been the best. I believe they have like 12 points in their last four games.
0: It's, it's interesting to see the change over someone's career. Cause you mentioned it's funny to hear Miko Koivu as a fourth liner when, when he was the first line center yeah, on this team for, yeah. forever. He was the yeah. first line center for this team. So it's very funny to hear him as like the fourth line center for the wild, but, uh, one thing too, I, I have other points, but the one I want to get to, cause we were just talking trades a little bit is the big trade. Minnesota made They're six and two <laughs> over the last eight, but yet they were kind of sellers by trading Zucker at the deadline. They got Kelchenyuk, they got the first rounder and now they're battling for a playoff spot. It's just kind of perfect for the wild that they're, that is working out even though they were sellers, but now they they're fighting for a playoff spot. Jordy, it's perfect on so many
1: levels because by making that trade, they got a first round pick back. They got a young prospect and just icing on the cake. They got Galchenyuk who's he's up his contracts up at the end of the season, but he fills Zucker's spot on the season. I don't want to say fills his role because Jason Zucker, he's absolutely revered in this town. Everyone loves him in Minnesota, Carly Zucker and him do so much for the community. And she's, she's a staple in the twin cities. So they weren't happy to see him go. And even fans of just, uh, or, or diehard fans who, who know about, you know, what could happen if you trade a, a Zucker, yeah. for example, if you are competing for a playoff spot, they all understood that this kind of needed to happen because the wild, as you're going to laugh at this, but they're in a retooling phase, not a rebuilding phase. They yeah, have to oh. build, they have to continue to supply players and build around young players, but supply players for, Let's be honest, Ryan Suter and and, uh, yeah. and Zach Parise, who seemingly aren't going anywhere, Though Parise gave us a little bit of a scare. But to answer your question, <laughs> it's, it's a perfect world because we got our first round pick, which I believe we didn't have. We got a young prospect on defense, which gives us a little bit more space to move a defender if needed to, to get a center because that's what the Wild need. But yeah. what adds more to this perfect storm is even if we didn't have a first round piff, a pick going into this draft, even if Zucker wasn't traded, Kirill Kaprizov, who's I believe leads the, the KHL in goals – And if not points as well and points, he may be two or three. If he's not one, he's an unbelievable prospect and he's coming over. Well, he's said to be coming over next year and signing with the wild. His contract is going to be up with CSK Moscow. And he's basically like uh, an NFL first round pick. He's coming in and they know he's going to play. So it's like the wild. They're getting a young player into their lineup, regardless of even making that trade, making that trade, getting, a young hall in return and still being two points out, one point out, whatever it is today out of the playoffs, dude, that's a perfect storm for the, for the fans in
0: Minnesota. It's absolutely the perfect storm for the Minnesota wild. You don't see something like that very happen very often. And sorry, I've talked about this a lot on the Den. that I've, I, my, my fans know that I cover the Kings, but I live in Vancouver and I've brought the same here. Yeah. And I've brought the point up a lot for like a rebuilding team. Like, Hey, like, The team's struggling, but now that the the deadline's over, the ease is off. They might start playing better. I've seen it over the last couple of years, and it's been happening in LA again right now, and you can kind of see it happening in Minnesota, how they thought they were going to be sellers. They traded Zucker, and now they've turned things around, and they can actually fight for a playoff spot, which is crazy to think of.
1: Yeah, and Billy Garen, he made no... uh, Deadline moves. Well, that, and he he almost did, which is crazy. Yeah, that would have been insane. But he made... The, the players know that even if we sell everyone, even if, you know, Parise was moved, if uh, Brodine or Dumbo were moved and, you know, Zucker obviously was, was moved. He said this right after trading Zucker in his morning press conference that if any of these players take their feet off the gas, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a test because he's all season. He's the new GM. He didn't even get to participate in the draft last year. So all season, he's just been assessing this team. He figured out though Bruce Boudreaux is an amazing coach and in my opinion is the reason that they're they even have a chance to make the playoffs. Um, he wasn't part of the plan. He realized that I can get all this much of a haul for Zucker, you know, from Pittsburgh, he's not in the plan. And I think anybody who didn't want to step up when he recognized and that the franchise should recognize that they still had a chance to make a playoff despite this plan. He was going to say, you're not the type of player in my plan. So we don't know the blueprint yet, but we know, now that Billy Guerin has had time to assess this team, the wheels are in motion. I just cannot wait for him to actually participate in a draft.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting for the Wild for sure. And I do want to go back to the, uh, the Zucker point for a second, how you said the the team and the community could really feel it because he was such a such a big part of the team and such a fan favorite. That's, of course, happening in LA or just happened in LA. But, of course, the Kings are a little worse. They were, of course, going to be... Sellers, but trading Toffoli, traded Martinez, traded Clifford, traded Campbell. These were a lot of fan favorites that the, that the fans are, are missing and seeing that. So it's definitely, there's, there's definitely a relation there between the Kings and the Wild and seeing oh, abso- players that go like that.
1: Absolutely. And it was, you know, it's kind of like when Alex Burrows was traded from you know, absolutely. Sort of back yeah, to Vancouver sure. again, right? Like for we sure. all knew we had to go. We all knew we had to get whatever we could from him. And yeah. value-wise, the Vancouver Canucks did very well in that trade. Um, but yeah, it was still, it was still sad to, to see him go.
0: Yeah, for sure. And now, oh, actually I got one more thing. I just thought, yeah, of yeah. cause we were just talking about, uh, some of the players, stuff like that. And we were, we brought up our conversation from early in the year, how the wild didn't score much at the start of the year. They were struggling. And you mentioned when we talked at the start of the year that two games in Matt Zuccarello wants out. Well, how's he <laughs> been? How he been this season? How has he turned things around in his first year in Minnesota?
1: Well, I, I I got some uh, actually a writer at the Athletic um, yeah. to to tell to squash that who told me that okay. no, no no like he didn't necessarily want out and he didn't really know where that came from either but it wasn't it was important to to note nonetheless he ha- he's had a disappointing season you know in regards to the the standards he sets um, he's been vocal about that he's been okay he thirty four points fourteen goals the thing that the Wild fans uh, are upset about is he doesn 't shoot the puck enough, and he has a good shot he, mm-hmm. he likes to be the setup man, and sometimes he likes to even be a little too fancy with his setups and that 's what we 're seeing right now because he hasn 't been putting up a lot of points as of late, and that 's because when he 'll work his magic in in the boards, and a lot of people don 't think he 's good down low but i I think he 's got an underrated board game he 's just got a nifty and long stick and he uh he uses it to his advantage. And sometimes he'll, he'll pick the puck off, have some space. And instead of making the easy player, just dumping the puck in front of the net for someone to rush at in the slot, he will try to just do like a through the legs or, or just off the boards or just something too fancy where it's just like, man, if you would have just made the simple play, a rebound probably would have ensued anyways, or just shoot the puck rather than always dishing it off. So I think there's just frustration on just how he fits into their system right now. And I know Boudreaux wasn't, I don't want to say that they, they disliked each other, but I, from what I've heard by Michael Russo at The Athletic, he said that you know they, they did butt heads and they didn't necessarily fit in Boudreaux's system, but they obviously had to use them and he wasn't bringing the team down. He was kind of just in limbo, and I still think he is. I, I think the next season he will do better because I, I don't think his legs or hands are that he's losing them anytime soon. I think he's got a few good years left, and his contract's only four more years after this one, so it's nothing yeah. too crazy.
0: Yeah, just hearing you speak about that, it's a little bit different scenario because the player was older, but it does remind me of uh, Kovalchuk during his Kings tenure, how they brought him in to score to try to kind of save, the, uh, prevent a rebuild, and then yeah. he put up 34 points last year, but he just w- wasn't good. He didn't play defense, and it just reminds me of that compar- comparable
1: yeah. And I mean, Matt Zucrow, I mean, he's had a, cu- a couple great moments where I think he's, you know, won the fans over a bit. I mean, he's such a character and and, and everyone loves him in the locker room I and mean, everyone in New York absolutely adored him as yeah, well. And did. even New York fans, man, I have some yeah, friends from uh, the morning skate podcast, uh, granddaddy Ked over yeah, there. Yeah. He, he's just, he's so in love with Zucchero. He said he was crying when he was, <laughs> uh, when he left or when he was traded, rather. Yeah. And so I think Minnesota fans, he's winning them over Ben. He's had a couple of good, like, shootout wins. And or I don't know if he won the game on his goal, anyways, but he's had a good, a couple of good shootout um, showings, anyways. Yeah, so he's great in the shootout. Yeah. I don't think he's bringing this team down, but if he elevates his game a little bit more, then he's definitely going to help them move forward.
0: Okay. E, it's time. It's March 4th put your money where your mouth is Are oh the Minnesota wild making the playoffs. There's five Dude, weeks to go.
1: It's so hard, Jordy. Cause apparently, and I haven't gone through the vault yet. Cause hell I don't have time. Yeah. But, and I hope someone, someone doesn't point it out, but someone mentioned to me that I made a bet with Dylan early on that if they made the playoffs that I was, that I'd have to fly to St. Paul and go <laughs> oh, to other no. game, you know, game three or four. <laughs> um, so I'm freaking out a little bit because for sure, I don't have the funds for that trip, even though I want to, Yeah, I kind of want to go. I got a lot going on right now. I didn't really plan for a trip to St. Paul, Minnesota. So I'm kind of already in a bet. So I I guess I'll add to it here. Uh, You know what? I would have said no up until the Washington Capitals game where where the Minnesota Wild played the Washington Capitals. Now they lost in that game, but they narrowly lost, man. And that was arguably, I think, the, the most entertaining Caps game all season. In the first period, five goals were scored, three from Minnesota or three from Washington and two of them being ovies and uh, and then two from minnesota and the goalies played outstanding there was a fight uh there was an awesome fight actually ryan hartman and brandon dillon that was a great one off. that was an awesome that was ryan, a great hartman, one. ryan hartman yeah. he's not a he's not a he's scrappy but he's not a fighter and brandon dillon he's a fucking big boy the big yeah, he vancouver is. boy so yeah. that was awesome so it was an exciting first period in the second period washington it was kind of stalemate minnesota was there with them, and skating wise too. Now, speed wise, I say all the time, Minnesota doesn't have the speed, but just their positioning on the ice, they're battling through the neutral zone. They, They kept up with the Washington Capitals. And though the Capitals made the, you know, got a two goal lead up on the wild in the third period, the wild came back and made it a one goal game late and just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And they were, they were pushing the pace at the end. So just watching that game, I was like, I'm sold. You know, this team, they blew out Dallas earlier this season, 7-0 in a game. Um, they've been out shooting their opponents for the most part. Now, if you look at the analytics, they're not prime scoring opportunities. But the underlying numbers for this team don't look that bad. So if I'm a betting man based on what I saw against the Washington Capitals, and assuming that they don't give up, I, I think that they're there. I think, honestly, that, that we have an upset in the West. I think that, you know... Watch Vancouver drop yeah, out, and the Wild right take now. take. I don't even want to say their spot, but take a wild card spot. You know, the Flames, yeah. the Edmonton Oilers. Arizona's been struggling. Yeah, Arizona. Honestly, they're in my rearview mirror right now. I think Arizona is probably you know I think mm-hmm. hell Nashville probably has a, a, a chance yeah. to knock out you know if Arizona they have experience. Well, and and uh, so uh, Arizona's just been so injury riddled.
0: Oh, but yeah.
1: there, there's going to be an upset, and I really hope it's Minnesota who's in that you know story.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see it happening, especially the way they're playing lately. It's insane, and I know the Kings are hot right now as well. But they're, of course, nowhere near the playoffs. They don't have a chance. But the Wild no. definitely do, and it definitely affects you for the our Tankathon contest.
1: Oh God, yeah. But you know what? <laughs> you know what it is, Jordy. Is that we see it with the Vancouver Canucks, Markstrom got injured, yeah. and the floor fell out of that of that team. Yeah. Um, we saw it in in Nashville where they can't score on the power play. Look, you know, they're having a middling season. Absolutely, yeah. And then you see with other Western teams too, like where the Edmonton Oilers, they're kind of a different case because they have Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. But if McDavid, if Drysaddle didn't step up and McDavid went down, they're missing out, you know, on, on points as well. Whereas the Wild, if any one of their players got injured, like a Fiala, like a Stall, like a Parise, you know, name, name your player here. They, they can continue to still win games. Um, we saw, for example, Joe, or Luke Cunnan just come back from injury and he made an impact. But the few games that he was out, let, let's be honest, I, I didn't notice that he, w- that he was out And uh, from, a, from a sense that it didn't drag this team down because by committee they're winning and they're not just leaning on yeah. one position.
0: Yeah, and that's good. You have to have a team like that for sure. And sometimes like, it obviously depends. If like, a bigger name's out, it's a lot tougher. Or like for, uh, for the Kings for a minute, it was a bit of a struggle because you trade... Uh, They traded Martinez and Toffoli, and it was kind of like, okay, we don't, we didn't really have time to get anyone. So this is the defense for a game. It's just basically Drew Doughty. But yeah, you can definitely, it's definitely a great sign when a player can be out and it doesn't seem like he is.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Like props to you. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Kings. Den. I've been, I've been listening to every episode since day one. And the fact that like the amount of energy that you bring every, you know, week in and week out with a team. Like this, for example, you know, when I say the same thing to Dylan yeah. and producer too, you know, th- them having to follow the fucking San Jose sharks, which yeah, I mean, let's correct. be honest, we had way bigger hopes for them going Absolutely. into this season. Yeah. I give you guys props because you, you keep finding storylines, you keep bringing energy to the show and you keep bringing me back to hear about just your hockey takes and, uh, and storylines that you grabbed from this LA Kings. And that, that's, that's a talent, man. Cause we saw it, you know, recently with the Vancouver Canucks, it's hard to sing the same song
0: over and over again before something happens. It, it is. You're right about that. And man, I greatly appreciate appreciate that. I, I love that. Thank you. I try, like I try to put a positive vibe on the Kings at all times. Like I know they're struggling. They're in a rebuild. But hey, you're, the team's going to get better in the draft. They have the top prospect pool in the entire National Hockey That's League. That's true. And it just got better at the deadline. So I've been because you know, I've been comparing the Kings to the Canucks a lot on the Kingston, which you've heard that. It's the rebuilds going to happen faster when you have one of the best prospect pools in the game. The Canucks had that for a while, and it. I think with the Canucks, it got so quick because Pedersen and Hughes were so instant. And I think the Kings are kind of in that spot where they're just waiting for the instant to come. Yeah, and it's going to start to happen. It start. It happened slightly this year when Tobias Bornfoot got his foot in the door at the start of the NHL season. But I think it's really going to happen after this draft when cuz i think this first pick if it's going to be a top 5 pick probably going to be playing in the nhl next season so it's definitely going to be interesting Thank you again for those kind of words. I love the Soda pot. I listen all the time. So oh, thanks, thank man. you again. I appreciate that, dude.
1: Wait, just wait till Monday's episode. I had uh, a group of guys from this uh, Minnesota media network called the Ten Thousand Takes. Yeah, you watch yeah, I, I keep
0: seeing them on Twitter from you,
1: man. They are a fucking hoot. Like we had oh, a we, awesome. we almost did an hour long. I had, oh, to, awesome. I had to I had to I had to cut ten minutes short because I'm like, guys, I have to get to my other segments on my show, and I only got ten <laughs> minutes to do so. But they're a lot of fun too, man. So I, I suggest reaching out to them. There, awesome. I will. For sure, awesome. hey. Wa-
0: Longer episodes are always better.
1: Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun.
0: So Um, before I let you go, any more thoughts going into this game Saturday between the Kings and the Wild Witch? One o'clock Pacific start, afternoon start in L.A.
1: Yeah, which... People in Minnesota are probably happy about they're two hours ahead there yeah. in essential time, so they yeah. like the earlier games. Man, honestly, and <laughs> sorry to all the Kings fans listening, but like the Wild need these fucking points. Yeah, like they sure. cannot lose this game, like they just beat Nashville. Um, you know, they, they've been beating teams in the West that they like the Canucks, they've been beating, they have especially you know th- this is free money they, and and they lost to San Jose a few weeks ago and i ah, oh, it was gut wrenching man cuz i'm like those are points that you yeah. have to have because s- especially with the, the, the Canucks right now not doing too well the flames who are kind of just 500 they're back and forth mm-hmm. and the the magic of dry side i mean it's going to run out um Rot. the wild wallet <laughs> though uh, i th- i think so it's so <laughs> funny just uh, just uh, as I finish this thought here, then I'll get into yeah, uh, this next point. But I just really think that the wild cannot take their feet off the gas, even if LA gives them, uh, gives them some trouble. Cause LA loves to shoot the puck. They love to get the puck on net. If they give them a little bit of trouble early, the wild just have to keep their composure, which I think they can do. And, um, and just for everyone in LA watched Kevin Fiala. I know mm-hmm. you've seen him in Nashville, but he's a different player right now. And the, the confidence that he's playing with is uh is outstanding. And why I chuckled there a little bit was there's uh these these twins from Minnesota who run one of the in my opinion one of the better analytic outsourcing sites called Evolving Hockey mm-hmm. and their Twitter page is uh, Evolving Wild and they're so funny because they got the hot takes all numbers based and they hate <laughs> Leon Dreisidle. They're, oh, like, really? they're like they're like Man Valley Nikushkin has better you know is a better heart trophy <laughs> candidate than this uh, guy. And so definitely. they do it kind of in a trolling sense, but they're like you know, numerically, like we'd like Pedersen's a better player than Dreisaitl, yeah. you know? And so that's kind of the joke is that like, they hate that's Dreisaitl. Funny. So they've been getting obviously just worked on Twitter lately For to sure. the point where they're like, if you meant, if you mentioned Leon Dreisaitl to us today, we're blocking you. Just fuck off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that That's hilarious. Well, I got a couple points to what you said there. First of all, the, oh, now, now it's escaping me, but you said the Kings put a lot of shots on net. Yeah. They're they're six two and one over their last nine, and I think they've been outshot in at least seven of the games. Really? And on Sunday night, they beat the Knights uh, four to one. They ended the Knights' eight game winning streak. They took the season series three games to one, and they were outshot forty three to seventeen, and they okay, won well, four to one. It was wild.
1: Let, let me just say the last. Game, well, admittedly, I haven't been following the Kings as of late, but the last time we spoke, the Kings yeah. were putting up shots on that. I know mid season they and were they as did. well
0: they did forever. And then they're on this good streak and they've just stopped shooting the puck and it somehow worked. It's been wild. The Knights had 88 shot attempts in this game. Jesus. And Christ. lost four to one to the King. Oh it was goodness. insane.
1: See, that's the only thing I'm scared of the Minnesota wild get in the playoffs and they have to seed against Vegas. Like, Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a quick series.
0: Yeah. And the other point I just had was you said that the wild need these points and I've, I've had this debate on the Kings, Dan, because we've seen in Vancouver here the last couple years that, that the stress is over after the trade deadline, teams start playing better, and fans will argue, oh, what about draft position? Keep the higher percentage for the draft, even though the team keeps winning late in the year. But for the Kings, it's time to play spoiler. It's oh yeah, a hundred percent. Spoil some teams in the last month of the season, so that's well. What espe- especially, I love that. I love that you say that because especially
1: with how our draft is is made up, up, it's a yeah. it's a lottery. It, I, absolutely, man. I, yeah. I I I do the tankathon thing all the time, and yeah. every now you know every time there's a team that rises seven spots, rises twelve spots. It's just yeah. like you don't know. As long as you're in that one to six range, you're good. Spoil some mm-hmm. teams' funds. I mean, absolutely. if you're LA. I mean, like if I was covering LA, I would be just getting so pumped to play the wild round. I'd be like, these guys need these points. They're going to be so rattled if we come out with two goals in the first period.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And watch out. If he starts, watch out for Cal Peterson. He's going to be the goalkeeper of the future. He's been lights out for the Kings of late. Quick has been good as well. Obviously he's been back to like vintage quick over the last month. But if he gets to start, watch out for Cal Peterson. He's been a treat to watch lately. Awesome. I'll keep my eye out, man. Thanks a lot. Isha, thank you so much for joining us on the Kingston. Check Isha out at the Soda Pod right here at the Hockey Podcast Network. E, thanks for joining us. Anytime, man. Thanks, appreciate it. My thanks to Isha for joining us, of course, of the Soda Pod. Thank you to him for joining us. That was a great conversation about how hot the Minnesota Wild are. And about and previewing the game between the Kings and the Wild coming up on Saturday. Before we let you go for episode 46 of the Kings, then I I touched on it earlier, but let me remind you once again that the Hockey Podcast Network presents the NHL 2020 draft lottery contest presented by our friends at Cool Hockey and Tankathon. Once again, this is how you enter. Visit WWW visit tankathon.com slash NHL click sim lottery until you get the outcome you like that's critical when you get the outcome you like screenshot favorite screenshot your favorite 15 team result submit your entry by commenting below tag a friend and retweet the post the closest person to get all 15 right will get a 200 dollars gift card to cool hockey so once again tankthon.com click sim lottery until you get the outcome you like Click it until you get the LA Kings first overall. They're going to have a high percentage of getting first overall, despite the fact that they keep winning games. Oh, and that's the other thing. You have until April 4th to get into the contest, but you're only have you only allowed one entry per Twitter account. So in my recommendation, be, be aware of when you're going to do it. The LA Kings are hot right now. Their percentage might go down. Put your bid in now in case their percentage goes down because they keep winning or wait until just before the draft. But whether, or no, whether or not it doesn't matter, you can do that or you click it until you get the outcome you like. So keep clicking it until the Kings get first overall or until whatever outcome you like. So again, tankthon.com slash NHL, click sim lottery until you get the outcome you like screenshot your favorite 15 team results, submit your entry by commenting below and tag a friend and retweet the post if you get 15 out of 15 or the closest to 15 out of 15 teams right, we'll get a $200 gift card tur- courtesy of our friends at CoolHockey.com. This is a very exciting contest, so definitely check it out on Twitter. This has been episode 46 of the Kingston. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, don't forget to like, rate, rescribe, uh, subscribe, and review to us at the Kingston and to all 31 podcasts at the Hockey Podcast Network, plus Tales with TR, the podcast with Terry Ryan, and our ice analytics podcast. Check all of our great podcasts around the hockey podcast network. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Kings den THPN me at Cunningham Jordy, your host, obviously don't forget to follow the hockey podcast network on Twitter and Instagram at hockey Don't forget to follow the hockey podcast network on YouTube for all of our video footage. And don't forget to follow the hockey podcast network on Patreon for just $1. You can find all our exclusive bonus content. So check that out as well this has been episode 46 of the Kingston. Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you on Monday for episode 47. And as we discuss the game against the Leafs and the game against the Wild, we'll talk to you then.